evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Bethel Radio Hour, where Bible study and radio collide. Tonight in our segments, we will be t- discussing Romans 8, verses 1 through 7, sharing sugar sticks, and then conversing on raising children. I am Molly Kingston, your producer, and joining me on the panel tonight is Pastor Ben Kingston, Dr. Gavin Hooks, and Ryan Mayberry. Gentlemen, riddle me this. Who has married many women but was never married? <laughs> I was going to say the priest, the Catholic priest. You got that one fast. Very, very good. So the priest has married many women, but never been married, which I heard they might be changing that. So good for them. Those in the audience, if you would like to share the answer. Oh, you already know the answer. We encourage audience members to text any questions or input about all topics of discussion we broach. As always, if you listen later online, please comment your answer on the Facebook post and then like and share so others can join in on the fun. Romans chapter 8. We're starting in on chapter 8. 1 through 7. I'm just sitting here thinking, can you imagine that 80-year-old priest? <laughs> He's wanted to marry all his life. He's had to, uh, yeah, I'm, mm, say no to his, yeah. yeah. Hopefully some Baptist will get to him. All right, here we go. Uh, there is therefore now no condemnation unto them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death, for what the law could not do, it is, sorry, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That's almost like a refrain here. You know, he said it twice now. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. I feel like. Paul is kind of drawing the net on this discussion, but he's also making some very, very, you know, clarifying statements about the last two chapters that he's been talking about, you know, what the sin is and what it is not, what the law is and what it is not, what the sin has done, what it can't do, what the law has done, what it can't do. And, you know, here at the first verse, I mean, Again, you know, the joke is if we were a different denomination, we'd probably tear up the place thinking about this uh, as far as excitement. There is, therefore, now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So this is a clarifying statement that if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, all of your problems are solved. Now, does that mean you won't have any problems on this planet? Absolutely not. doesn't mean that. Does it mean that you've got eternity set? And that nothing on this planet can uh, compare to that? Y- yes, it does mean that. And a host of other things, comments. I was curious what your thoughts are on uh, this first verse in that it seems to be kind of counterbalancing grace with good works because it says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk <coughs> according to the flesh but according to the spirit. So it implies a requirement of good works at the same time as saying that you're saved through grace. I was curious what your 
thoughts were on that aspect. Right. So you let the clear mm-hmm. interpret the cloudy. I personally do not read that as a qualifying, but a statement of those that are saved do walk after the spirit. They don't walk after the flesh. Mm-hmm. Again, that doesn't mean they can't sin. We you know we, we know that mm-hmm. it, from it, the previous chapter, he just said that. So right. that's obviously not what he means. Uh, the is it is it John that says essentially that if you're saved, you will not practice sin. I believe that's another you know uh, clarifying thing here and and so um, now I don't have a problem with because you know with what you're saying there would also be supported by by their fruits you'll know them mm-hmm. you know uh, and so uh, I what I would not make it is is that you, you be sure and walk after the spirit and after the flesh or you know, who knows you know I, because then that does offend, if you will, the eternal security. Mm-hmm. Once saved, always saved. Yeah, you see the good works as more of a byproduct than a requirement. Is Absolutely, I got you. Okay. Absolutely, um, I, and and I don't have a problem with saying it is a requirement, but as long as you sit there and, and I guess you could say, the, the reality is, is that all saved people will meet that requirement. Mm-hmm. You know, now. I worked with a, a Pentecostal uh, when I was meat cutter, and we went around this mulberry bush pretty much every day. And he threw one hypothetical after another. I didn't have any good answers. And so it wasn't until later. I'd love to call him up. <laughs> hey, Mike, we, we got to talk, man. Because I, I feel like I have failed him, I guess you could say, in all these areas. Because uh, f- for me... Um, the the all the hypotheticals prove is that the person was never saved, you know. Uh, th- th- that's where I want to place. Are you trying to tell me, you know, that a guy gets saved on this day and then he goes out and does that? No, I'm telling you, he wasn't truly saved. If he does that without any conscience pang uh, and thinks he's okay, you know, type. Uh, Jerry Jolly back in the day used to say, if you live like the devil all day long and you can go to sleep like a baby. You need to check your salvation because uh, the Holy Spirit is very faithful. You know, I'm sure everybody sitting at this panel knows that when we live like the devil, he gets after us, you know, and, and that because we're walking after the spirit, not after the flesh. Comments? Uh, Adrian Archers used to say it's not a matter of making, making, ha- taking a sinner and making him clean. It's a matter of taking a dead man and making him alive. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole, whole different uh, category, yeah. and y- you're never going to be – good enough to be in heaven on your own merit. There's just never, you're never going to achieve that because because of the nature of God. He offers us that opportunity in a, to, for a relationship right. by a transformation and, and a new birth. I, I think it's 100% fair, though, Ryan, to ask those questions because you're going to be asked those questions. Mm-hmm. You better have it, an answer. That's right. And, and it's better to do it in these walls than for the first time you Someone know, who's adversarial to the that, entire that's idea. That's absolutely correct. You know, um, I, this may be a stretch, but I, I see it almost, <laughs> it, I guess you could say with the caveat of with God we don't have to worry, okay? But I liken this unto a relationship of a saved man and a saved woman uh, in the bonds of marriage, and both of them have said it in their heart, never divorce. Mm-hmm. 
never. And then the world says, oh, yeah, but what about? Never, you know. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, you know, my nephew or my in-laws or whatever. Nope, never. <laughs> and so, you know, hallelujah, praise the Lamb. God has said, nope, never. You know, for those that come to him, he gives us his spirit. That's his down payment. And he can't turn his back on himself. And so uh, even though you could and we can argue that the saved man and the same woman uh, until they die, they still have the potential to do the wrong thing. Hallelujah. Our salvation is not open to that debate. God will not do the wrong thing. So, so how do we make sure that someone doesn't, you know, go through this whole thing of, you know, because honestly, I mean, we, as humans, we've got nobody to blame except ourselves that we've got these, all these hypotheticals because so many people have screamed from the mountaintop, I'm saved, I'm saved. And then they went out and, you know, done, done the absolute reverse. So I, I think discipleship is key. You know, I, I think biblical preaching is key. Biblical discipleship is key. Good Sunday school, CR, you know, fill in the blank. Uh, but, but I, you know, for me, it's a non-negotiable, uh, meaning whether or not I will ever relent to someone on a hypothetical. But again, I love the questions because you're going to get them. All right, moving so, on. Well, on the, if I could just yeah. uh, on uh, verse one there it says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is a world of comfort in that. that oh my, one well, that's what I'm getting at. That's a celebratory comfort. thing. It, it, amen. And no one is going to break into Christ and abduct you and take you out of Christ. No one's going to break into Christ without Christ knowing it and harm you. There, there's a lot in that statement that is so comforting to think about. Well, and think about what we do to ourselves all day long. We condemn ourselves. Beat the ourselves world condemns up. us, uh, you know. And so, and yeah, we give, them, we give them an ear. In, in error, we give them an ear to right. how bad we are. Um, so, so there is therefore no, no no condemnation of those who are in Christ. That's another verse that I I cling to as far as being a pre-trib uh, uh, rapture mm. type type thing. So, if there's no condemnation in Christ, then we won't be here for the the. Uh, wrath of okay. God coming on to the earth in the, in the first or the middle or the last part of mm -hmm. the tribulation. So. Very good. I had someone text in too about Celebrate Recovery is a safe place to ask scary questions in small groups and step studies, all hurt habits and hang-ups, talking about how tying into what you guys are talking about. Man. Boy, there was something else that hit me in right now. It flew back out, so maybe it'll come back here in a minute. Uh, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So, you know, this is my opinion. You guys help me out or correct me. So now he's comparing the law of eternal security, in my humble opinion, with the law of God's law in nature, you know, the Ten Commandments, if you will. That, we, that, that God has said and that we all have said here, Paul has said, the Ten Commandments is not enough to save you. You keeping those Ten Commandments is not enough simply because it'll never happen. Well, so now he's comparing that. You know, he's, he's spent verses, or chapter 6 and 7 explaining that doesn't mean the law of God is bad. It just tells you that the law of God was not for salvation. 
the law of Jesus, forgiveness, what happens on the cross and the resurrection, that is what saves us. And that that is... That category change. That's right. Death to uh, life. It makes me free from the law of sin and death. Good stuff. Uh, for what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Now, something that I want to rehearse here too, you stating about what a beautiful thing that is, that there's no condemnation. I think that we need, you know, I believe it's good to rehearse what Jesus did on the cross for us. I think it's meaning the bleeding, dying form of Christ. But I think it's also good to go past that and get into the resurrection side and now rehearse the good side of it. You know, yeah, you need, you need to know the bad side of it so that you stay away from sin. You need to know the good side of it so that you celebrate, you know, what mm. you have in Christ. That's why we just went through Thanksgiving, a season of gratitude, I think. That's right. Focusing on the resurrection brings the gratitude from that. I, today, I get in the car, and the goodness of God is going. And, I mean, I just turned it up as loud as I could with my ears to handle it. And uh, I, I love that song. That song, that song gets me into that mm -hmm. mood of understanding the good side of the cross, if you will. Uh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. You know, Dawn can tell you this whole thing of third place. You know, it started with... Uh, the core principle and, and for me uh, trying to practice third place is just a, a culmination out of put God first and, and others first well that puts you in third place uh, that's an act of righteousness you know um, that, the, that, the, that the righteousness of law might be fulfilled in us well the only way that's going to happen is that next verse who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. I think it's interesting that it says that the law was too weak through the flesh. And then it goes on to say that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Do not walk according to the flesh, according to the spirit, and then goes into how you think. So it's, it go, it's, it's almost as if it's saying that there's more to the law than just the physical world, like obeying the law, like you, you can do the right thing, but be thinking the wrong thing and it still be wrong. Motives. Yes. So your, your motives matter. And it's a very, uh, I don't know, metaphysical, I guess, way of thinking about it. Because if there is nothing beyond the physical, why does it matter why you do something? Right. As long as, you know, you don't steal from me, it doesn't matter if you're coveting and mm -hmm. things of that nature. So I found a quote from Maimonides. He's a Jewish thinker from the 12th century that he gets quoted a lot by the Jews nowadays but he said the capacity to think comes from humankind's unique spiritual standing therefore to use thought for sin uh, thought for sin is to sin by means of the noblest part of oneself mm. so by the fact that we are able to think that makes it all the more tragic if we use our thoughts for sin because we're uniquely able mm. to think in that way yeah, it keeps coming back to the core principle. Um, so, you know, the, Jesus gave him the, the first law, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And mm -hmm. I, I've often asked myself, what does it look like to love the Lord with all of my mind when it's not using my mind to, to pursue sin or to, to, to harbor sin in my mind? Um, and loving others is the fulfillment of the law. 
Um, and then if the theory that I put, put in the book is true, if loving others is like loving God and God feels our affection when we love each other, mm. um, it makes perfect sense that all the law and the prophets hang on these two. So all the law that, that God has written, authored, or um, revealed to us, it, it has at its core love for each other and love for him. Um, it just brings it all together. You fulfill the law by, by um, one, having a relationship with God, and then two, living by that core principle. Now, and Ryan, you hit on something that, I, ashamedly, I probably have not developed as much as I should or could have. But when I was a, a youth director, I was hit with this novel idea, quote, unquote, I, mean, I was a single guy, you know. So I'd do my work here and go home. Doesn't take long to dirty some dishes and leave them in the sink. <laughs> and I just sit there looking at the walls, walls closing in on me. And I, from little bitty boy, I've been a daydreamer and, and a, how would you say it? I, in a good sense, don't let your mind go crazy. Fantasizer, you know, to be able to just just go out there and, and entertain myself, if you will, just with my mind. And during that time, the Lord challenged me that why don't you spend that time thinking about how you can be a better youth director? Why don't you spend that time on what all you could do to reach these kids? Like, man, that's a good idea, Lord. You know, and and so I, I believe that if in the spirit of using our mind for good. If we would train ourselves that when we have some downtime, what could I do to help my wife? What could I do to help my kids? What could I do to help my extended family? What could I do, you know, fill in the blank? Uh, and, and boy, with these things anymore, just go to your notes. Start typing. And, and I do. My, my wife can tell you. I'm, I'm begging her, bugging her with some of the stuff that I'm coming up with right now. But also, um, sorry I missed your call 20 minutes ago. That's okay. I was just telling you you're late. I, yeah. Uh, long story there, but oh, um, voice notes, voice notes, hit, hit the play and just sit there and just ramble, you know, the things that are coming to your mind. Uh, we and that's healthy because sometimes you look back and think, what in the heck was I rambling about? But at least then you'll know and you'll you can know. think about something, <laughs> something right, that actually makes sense. It allows sense. your brain to get rid of whatever is occupying that space to fill it with something Hopefully more beneficial. Mm -hmm. And the older you get, you have to be more descriptive in your notes. And your, or you will. You're like, right, that you don't make any sense at all. just shorthand it and be like, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. All right. So just to put a, I'm sure we're getting close. Yeah, we are. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. It, it's that unruly part of you. You know, it, it's that part of you that is going to be done away with when you go to heaven. And so... Uh, I, I think that it, it's so important, uh, you know, and here again, this is another word that has really captivated me here recently, uh, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You know, peace is something that our world just doesn't know. They don't understand it. They, it escapes them. And so to see someone at peace, you talk about attractive and a conundrum, mm. you know, uh, and, and that's who we are. We're supposed to make people thirsty. Yeah, I, uh, so, And I, I think about just the train car load of movies and television shows that are terrifying to watch. <laughs> you know, that you just load your mind up with that, and you have no counterbalance to that in the scripture or the, the right. person of Christ. 
man alive, it's no wonder. <laughs> so we panic attack. You know, uh, epidemic. Group of guys went to Godzilla minus one, uh, in the previews. Oh my goodness, scary movie. You know, and all, all four of the guys like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to see count that me one. out. Oh, I, I've done that too on something advertised on. T- I said, like, nope. Count me out. Nope. Reality is scary enough. I don't need, you know, my nonfiction. Just look in my garage. Just the advertisement scared me better than My room. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) moving on to sugar sticks. And I did put the little caveat to make it Christmas edition because this is apparently the last BRH that we will have this year. Next week will be our Christmas party. So go ahead and come. We'll make food. You can bring food. We're just going to fellowship. Yeah. Gonna fellowship. Yeah, so uh, not a normal BRH. Just to hit that real quick, uh, I always bring um, the punch, some cheese dip, some sausage balls, uh, and the such. And uh, the panel brings stuff, and then if you want to bring stuff, feel free, but you can also just come and partake. Uh, and so we would love to have you. All right. And so I said, uh, so I made cookies this last weekend with family and friends and it was a lot of fun so that's what i put down for christmas because that's something we try to do every december is to get together and make cookies we made about 12 different kinds 16 batches roughly in total so lots of good times my first thought was uh you know as a kid i just never put it together but it was just another excuse to redo thanksgiving (laughs) the food Uh, yeah on the on a food level so so we'd have turkey again we'd have Everything, uh, dressing, gravy, taters, you know, the sweet taters with the, all the crack in it that is bad for you, you know, uh, brown sugar and maple syrup and mush, marshmallows and all that. So mm-hmm. it's just another reason to eat the foods, your favorite foods. Hmm. Very good. For me, the, I try to have either early morning, which rarely happens, or a late night, turn all the lights out except for the Christmas lights, and then... Uh, put on Mannheim Steamroller. I don't know if you guys have oh, heard of yeah. Mannheim Steamroller. Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. They're uh, Christmas air. Uh, yeah. And just let that play and just have a nice quiet evening with just the Christmas lights on. That's my fave. Do you drink coffee? Something to drink Hot is cocoa. nice. Yeah. Hot cocoa, yeah. yeah. Mine is kind of akin to the lights. Mine was the, the tree itself because uh, lately I've been walking by the tree and, you know, pops in your mind, why? Everybody puts up a tree, but nobody thinks about why you put up a tree. So I was trying to think of some of the symbolism behind it. I could Google it, but I was trying to think of, you know, what comes to mind. And the two things for me was warmth, one, and the cold season, and then life as well. While everything else is dead, that tree is still alive. Evergreen. Evergreen. Nice pine scent to it, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, not necessarily if you get the fake ones. Fake, yeah. (laughs) You can spray it on. Yeah, yeah, get the spray or the... Car freshener that smells like trees. <laughs> All right, very good. Lots of fun times coming up in the Christmas season. So the mystery topic is between me, Gavin, and Ryan. And Uncle Gavin. Oh boy. What do you got? So I was kind of hoping that somebody else get picked. <laughs> but so well, this has been weighing on my mind, and it's a serious one. It's a heavy topic. Okay. So so. Uh, I, on several different uh, exposure fronts, I, I've been coming across the, the topic of child trafficking. Mm. And it's, so in so many different ways, it, it, I just can't believe it's a coincidence type thing sure. and exposure to different 
aspects of it um, and what can be done for it. Um, I, don't, I don't know if, you've, if you haven't seen the movie that Jim Cavelli uh, just put out, uh, The Sound of Freedom. You, you really should see that. I know it's not really the, the season, but honestly, there's no time that's not appropriate for that mm. um, topic. And what can we do personally? There, he talks about a organization that him and the person who he plays on the in the movie, um, Tim Boward, have put put together an organization called Underground Railroad Project mm. Underground Railroad, and it's um, the website is ourrescue.org. If you ever want to help or contribute. You can contribute to them to help them stop child trafficking. It's an organization that's actually doing something. What else can you do? You can be vigilant when you're out in public to watch, to, to keep an eye out for kids, to, to especially at malls or pu public gathering places. Um, be vigilant, keep your eye, keep your eye out. Uh, 10 years ago now, um, was it Ben Ownby that was uh, taken up right out of our community? Or, in Franklin County here in Union, and somebody had to be happened to be watching, and they they got a description of the truck that, that sped away, which he, the kid thought he kind of put it together that his friend Ben was abducted. Remembered the truck, the model, um, maybe even had some of the the license plate, and that's what saved him. Four days later, he he was recovered in in St. Louis. And not only Ben Ombi, but Sean yeah, Hornbeck, that was the who uh, had been abducted years. Previous. Four years he was and uh, had been abducted in Richwoods. Four four years, um, so just being alert and vigilant, you could potentially change someone's the course of someone's life, um, both the child and the and the parent. So just be be vigilant and contribute to the um, organizations like Underground Railroad. There's another guy that came under my radar too from a whole different areas. Na name is um, and I'd encourage you to to look him up, uh, Nick Bryant. Um, he's been an investigative reporter involved with several cases or several uh, scandals regarding um, child trafficking. So, um, any you guys throw out there if you got any any other help or any other um, th this is a scourge that we really need to take seriously right. in prayer, in action, with our with our, our uh, monies if we can, if we uh, feel comfortable about that. Um, it, it is akin to abortion as far as uh, a, a level of importance, spiritually speaking, akin to slavery. It is slavery in, in one aspect. Um, something that we need to start crying out to God. One of my latest s studies is about orphan. I've shared orphans. I've shared this uh, recently. And in Genesis, I, I, I've been asking God, why, why God, why, why do you let this, this happen? And it says specifically in Genesis, if you will cry out to me, I will certainly hear. Mm. Um, so I, if, even if these kids can't cry out to the Lord or don't mm -hmm. know to cry out to him, we can. We can yeah. cry out to the Lord for, for them, for, that, for this to be uncovered. It's, a, I, it's, just, it's just been my sense that it's a river of sewage that's been running underground in, in the United States for too right. long. It's been hidden in plain sight in a yeah. lot of cases. And I yeah. think, and I think a, a lot of us like, you know, assume not here. It's not happening here. You know, sure, it's happening in the other third world countries or whatever. Where or it's New York easier. City or Chicago or right, exactly. Didn't the passion? Yeah. So movement oh, I can't even remember now. It was probably in, in 2011 or 
-hmm. from 2011 to 2013 they did about two years that covered um but it was also slavery like it was anything slavery really and then everything under that human trafficking and they did focus a lot on outside of america but then they also talked about and we were in atlanta and atlanta at that point was the biggest um slave trading area in Mm. in america the super bowl was like one of the biggest um events that people get trafficked at because there's just so many people it's just so right so it's easy for people to go missing well, and, you know, along those lines, I, you know, everything should start at home. Uh, I, and most parents can relate to a Walmart trip where one of their kids went Ugh. inside one of those little hangers, you know, <laughs> of all the clothes, and they just gone, vanished. And, and, you know, you have... It's the, terrifying. It is terrifying. Uh, and it, the kid's just being a brat. <laughs> but, 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 you know, the mom and dad are like, ah! And, and I'm kidding, mm. uh, but but it, it, yeah. But you I go right imagine. to the dark place when uh, you do you right to the dark because we oh. and uh, making yeah. disappeared for about 20 minutes at Branson one time. Oh, we we literally died several times. Minutes. Yeah, in in the park there at uh, mm. um, Silverdor City. Yes, sir. Uh, an angel of God brought her back to us. <laughs> so I got separated from you guys. I don't know. If, was it at Silver Dollar City too, or was it at White? Dong. It was somewhere. Silver Dollar City. City. Something about mm. Silver Dollar City. Well, I was so traumatized, I'll never forget it. Yeah. Well, and yeah. then you get the kid back, and all you want to do is beat him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to wish you've been abducted. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but, you know, you, all, you go through all those emotions because oh. you just love them so much, and, and then, whoo, gone. Wow. And, and like you said, you, your mind just goes, Lord, help. <laughs> They've been stoled. <laughs> all right. We... Uh, yeah, if we're good, we can move on. Um, but yeah, I would definitely, Uncle Gavin. I'm sorry. Can you give us those names and those links again? So, so uh, the, the rescue.org. Ourrescue.org is the Operation Underground Railroad, um, where you can contribute. If you go to the Angel Studios website, you'll also be able to contribute there to the, um, the Sound of Freedom movie, um, and there's there's links there. And uh, the gentleman that I ran across, uh, his last name is Bryant. Nick Bryant is his name. There's two different Nick Bryants. One's a actor. He's a young, younger guy. This is an older guy with glasses. Looks a little bit like Tom, Tom Hanks. Um, Nick Bryant. He's got an organization that's working towards stopping trafficking, too. All right. Very good. Thank you. Um, so I'm just saying, and I want to kind of throw back to Dad what you were talking about. Um, it's basically like second Thanksgiving and eating all the turkey. I'm just saying holiday meats are overrated. Give me chicken oh. over ham and turkey any day. Sacrilege. <laughs> you know I control your position on this panel, right? Oh, it's oh, getting heavy now. <laughs> okay. No, I'm messing. If what I what, do, you, what do you not like about turkey? Turkey is okay, but I just prefer chicken. Huh. I like chicken. Controversy. I, 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 I like chicken. <laughs> Uh, if you haven't watched that video, just YouTube. I like chicken. Um, it's chicken. So, uh, huh. Well, because, you know, what's funny is because, you know, I was preparing for this uh, today. And I, I, just, I was sitting there thinking about how much I love turkey. Yeah, I do. I, I just it's got to be done it. right. I know because the turkey is too dry. It's, yeah, th- it's too rough. No, no, no. You got to no, wash no, no, it down. You want to cook that, it all the time. But if it's juicy, oh, my gosh, it's delicious. You got to eat dark meat if you want it moist. See, I don't know. know. My mom can get the white meat perfect. This is what I say to that, to each his own. 
dry turkey is just all the more reason for gravy. <laughs> I, I mean, bring me all the dry turkey you want as long as you got gravy. If you don't have gravy, don't be Giblets. bringing me no dry. Oh, Giblet yeah, give gravy, you bet. Uh, but but I get it. I really do. I have had dry turkey. That's why you put a lot of mayo on the sandwich and the such. Uh, and it is difficult to get it moist or to keep it moist mm-hmm. is what we ought to say because it starts moist mm-hmm. uh, in most cases. Um, and to be very honest with you, we don't have time to go into all no, the nuances of turkey because I raise them. Uh, so what's your I'm just saying? Uh, my I'm just saying is uh, this is my favorite time because a fruitcake is so available. Which is also gross. <laughs> Fruitcake and candy corn? Ugh. <laughs> you do that both. Now, I will say this. A dry fruitcake? Woo! Rough. You better have a lot of <laughs> soda or something. Gravy. Uh, <laughs> gravy. gravy, yeah. I'd take gravy over dry grapefruit. No, grapefruit. Fruitcake. All right, go Sorry, ahead. I got nothing for understanding. I just got a dumb joke. <laughs> okay. So how did Joseph and Mary know how much Jesus weighed when he was born? It's going to be obvious. I know it. It will. No, I, I'm, I'm not sure. They had a way in the manger. <laughs> a way in the manger. <laughs> anyway, I was trying to... I was, that was oh, a good one. Laid them in a manger is within the Bible. <laughs> I wasn't thinking of the hymn. All right. So anyway, my I'm just saying is I'm just saying Christmas is the only redeeming factor of winter. I hate winter with a passion. Really? But Christmas is, you know, it's good. Did you hate it before you were a bricklayer? Not as much. <laughs> <laughs> that does change things. <laughs> Not near as much. When, Just to be clear. when your work is dependent on the weather. <laughs> when you're out in it at least eight out hours in a day. It, yeah. yeah. In the yeah. mud. Mm. Very good. All right. Before we move on, I did miss a text. Um, someone also sent in the movie The Vigilante from 2023, this year, I guess. When a Marine returns home from deployment overseas, she goes to war against human traffickers who have, who have been kidnapped. So that's another movie you can watch. Um, and so we are moving into Friday, the Friday chapter in... Getting free chicken sandwiches because the food tastes great. I mean, there's no, there's no, I mean, it's chicken. It's fried chicken. It's fried chicken. I like fried chicken. <laughs> I like fried chicken. That's all you need to know. It's chicken. <laughs> what Thank else you, you need Brad. To know? Yeah. Hey, I, so this was... Friday, if you've got this book, guys, this chapter on Friday, it just pulls it all together. It's good stuff. It's kind of a summary of the previous it is. four days. It is. And, and it's his summary of it. You know what I'm saying? So, so you're, not, you're not left to your own opinion. He just, again, he draw, <coughs> draws the net on it. Yeah, all I read was Friday, the doc is in, and it's you. And I liked that. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. That's all I read. So tell me what this chapter <laughs> okay. is Okay. Well, so the first page, uh, like I said, he, he reviews, and so he uh, comes here on Monday, and he basically says, it's time to pull together your game plan. This is your mantra, he says. I can't wait for that kid to misbehave because I'm ready to go to war. Bring it. It's like, That's try right. me. That's right. Uh, so in order for your child to know you mean business and to keep you calm and rational... Number one, say it once. Number two, turn your back. Three, walk away. And if you remember, that's what he was getting across in, in Monday, day, day one. <clears throat> say it once, turn your back, walk away. Uh, 
Now, obviously, all of my children are adult this age, so uh, even though I think the principle here still applies, hopefully we're all at an adult point that we can just talk through stuff and, and the such. But I, I, and I did have a point when my kids were smaller or younger uh, that I did start employing this. It wasn't this particular book. This book hadn't been written, but he was already pushing these types of you know thoughts and ideas. Um, and, and basically, and I can't remember if it came from uh, Kevin Lehman or not, but just quit arguing with your kid. Quit arguing. Say it, expect them to do it, and bring, what would the word be, uh, consequences if they don't. And, and, and I, I started doing that. I mean, Molly was probably in college uh, at that point, but I started trying to draw the line with uh, Benjamin and Tony. Other comments on that? I do want to know if there's, like, exceptions. Because, well, like, with, this, right, with the students I work with. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, you right. know, special needs. It's right, but I know you just, like, even with Ava sometimes, you have to talk to her and tell her why you're expecting these things mm -hmm. from her. So, I, you I know. I think up front it's okay. Right. Yeah. To have the discussions to clarify. Right. Well, right. Ambiguity, ambiguities. Right. But if it's a, a repeated, like if you've already asked them before yeah. and they understand. And it's adversarial. They're not trying to understand. They're just wanting to fight with you. Just right. right. A, a refusal. So yeah. if, if you'll remember uh, that first chapter when we read it and talked about it, he, he fleshed out a few scenarios. Uh, and he's like the little boy that screamed at his mom in the car. <coughs> right. And then when he got home, he was waiting on his cookies and milk. And she said, nope, not today. And turns her back and walks away. She follows him. And he, he follows, follows her and says, why not? Because we always have it at this time. And she turned and said, I did not appreciate what, how you treated me in the car. So, you know, I, I think that, that especially at the beginning, you have right. to have some sort of, here's the new ground rules, pal. Right, right. You know. All right, so Tuesday, it's all about the ABCs, attitude, behavior, and character. Now, this is where, for me, the book took a complete turn, and mm -hmm. I loved it. He basically held up a mirror mm -hmm. and said, if you are acting poorly, you should only expect your kids to act poorly. You know, Gavin said years and years ago, what kind of seeds are you planting? You know, um, and I've had honest talks, especially with my, uh, the young men in my life. I've planted some pretty horrible seeds, you know, in them when it comes to anger and stuff like that. And, you know, the joke is don't treat my grandkids like this, you know. Well, uh, if I really want to see a change in them, they've got to see a change in me. And, and or there's at least see a triumph. Tri right. Yeah. The, and there's nothing more powerful. Molly's heard me say this, that... Do you remember the way Dad used to be? Mm-hmm. Do you like the way Dad is now? Uh-huh. Well, if Dad can change, then I know you can too. And so you're bringing authenticity, if you will, mm -hmm. to it. That brings my mind to, like, you see lots of videos of, like, a little two-year-old, like, swearing like a sailor or something like that. People yuck it up and act like it's hilarious. But it's really, I've never found it funny in the slightest. Like, it, it, you're just setting a bad example for your kid and then laughing about it when they, yeah. when they do it. It doesn't make and, any sense. And setting that kid up for when his parents and family aren't around. Mm -hmm. You know, when he's 16 years old doing that to the, his boss at McDonald's, he's going to be walking home. 
you know, type deal. And still expecting his next week's paycheck. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so, you know, when, when you ask yourself, um, w you know, what, do I, what attitude do I want my kids to have? What behavior, what character am I mirroring, mirroring that? So then he says underneath Tuesday, let reality be the teacher, learn to respond rather than react. And then this is where his famous B doesn't happen until A is completed. These three things are like huge. Like I know I'm not, I don't have children, but working with kids, like these are things that I do every day. And I, and I remember reading them in the book, like I had done some of them before, mm -hmm. but like, you know, we set up behavior plans and things like that. And, and B doesn't happen before A is completed. That's what we do a lot for our kids. Like you have to do your reading before you can get choice time. You have to do this before you do this. And it, and it does help direct the kid and keep their behavior under control because it's clear, conscious like directions that are easy to follow. And it gives them a reward for good behavior too. That way, exactly, positive reinforcement. If they behave well, and if they don't, then you do more reading. <laughs> so y'all remember the uh, commercials years ago? Uh, the the football player comes in and you know just obliterates somebody like he would a quarterback, and then he steps over and says, "You like it, Blondie?" <laughs> Well, that became almost a mantra for parents, you know, once the kid learned by reality, you know, you like it, Blondie? <laughs> and so yesterday I'm, I'm chopping some wood for my cooking stuff, and I miss the piece of wood, and so it hits the handle, and that thing kicks back and just about breaks my shin. <laughs> you talk about letting reality be the teacher. <laughs> I'm not doing that again. And so I'm buying a splitter. But nonetheless, uh, Wednesday, you're taking the long view in this journey of parenting. That's huge. Taking the long view of parenting. You've evaluated what kind of parent you are. Uh, so on Wednesday, we talked about being, uh, are you the permissive parent? Are you the authoritarian? Or are you authoritative or responsible? And I think every parent needs to do that evaluation. What type of parent am I? And isn't it amazing how God usually puts a permissive parent with an authoritarian parent? You know? Right. And so then they have to compromise and work it out, you know, because, because it's not okay to just let little Johnny get away with everything. And it's also not okay to, you know, have a guillotine outside, you know. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, we're just kidding, folks. Uh, but the point is, is that, it, and to a little child, a overbearing you know, parent, father, can seem, you know, like that. Man, you know, I just, and, and, and they, they get separated through emotions and things of that nature. So you, you need to determine what type of parent you are. And then he says, you've decided to focus first on your relationship with your child, realizing that without relationship, any rules will not be effective. I cannot stress that enough. Sure, you need your child to behave but you need your child to know that he's loved more than you need him to behave. Because once he knows that he's loved, he's going to have a reason to behave, in my humble opinion. And you've got a, a whole lot more in mind for him than just cleaning up his room. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's important discipline to have, but it's not just to keep your room clean. It's right. just to learn a, a way of living that's prosperous, that's productive. That's beneficial to them. Yeah, and it's and loving to teach them that. Yeah. Right. And I forget who it was, but, but that's another thing I, I robbed from a, a good parent. Helping your kid know I'm not getting on to you for my benefit. 
I'm getting on to you for your benefit, meaning I'm trying to teach you something here that's going to benefit you. And when you get out on your own, if you don't take this with you, it's on you. But you're not going to benefit from that discipline. Thursday, uh, you understand the difference between self-esteem, feeling good about yourself, and true self-worth. You're evaluating how you can help your child develop the three pillars of self-worth, acceptance, belonging, and competence. So then he basically asks, what's your game plan? You know, he, he wants you to go, go through these and, and come up with a game plan uh, on Friday. Uh, he has in a little box here, children who have been allowed to have their own way for a while can be extremely powerful. So, so you, you know, you need, you need to know that even though this book says you can have a new kid by Friday, the reality is, is it may take a while. But these will work. And if you read the... Uh, you know, the things at the end of each chapter, the, what, what do you call those? I don't not, know. not the Questions, reviews, but the uh, testimonials. When you read the testimonials, it's pretty unreal about how this book has helped people. So on that page 83, what's up, Doc? Uh, now you get to play the shrink. Think about a situation that's currently going on in your home. Ask and answer the following questions as if you're the doctor in the house. So... Question number one, what's the situation? What's going on? Question two, how would you diagnose it? Three, what's the propulsive nature of the behavior? And, that, you know, he, that's a difficult word, but I like what he's trying to do with it. Why do you think the kid is acting the way? So is it attitude? Is it behavior? Is it uh, character? Hmm. How do you feel about the behavior? What would you normally do and then think it through? Because, you know, would you normally scream and yell and show a poor attitude as well? Or by thinking it through, can you craft an approach here? And then now what would you do differently? Whose problem is it? Have you left the ball in the child's court? Are you letting reality be the teacher? Or are you attempting to dribble it yourself? So, boy, th now this next one here, consistency wins every time. This it is key. Before we move on yeah. to that one, there, there's a, and I don't know if it's a generational thing or societal thing, but it seems like me sometimes kids, they, they, they threaten you with their own destruction. Have uh, you to get that? I, I'm, I'm going to light myself on fire. You try to stop me. Some. I'm going to leave. Yeah. You know, like, gonna, I'm going to pack leave. up and leave. Okay. Or the gender issue. The, the, the I, I'm going to destroy myself. You try to stop me. How, how do you approach that? I mean, I, I, I don't see that in here. I, 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 this book is starting with you having an actual relationship with your kid, but if you've gotten to a point where your relationship so toxic with your kid, where, where do you start? That's when you get the prodigal book, right? Yeah. From yeah, really, that's a good point. A whole other level. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I, you know, uh, I get, we don't really try to avoid controversy here. Uh, in my humble opinion, 50% of the states in this union, if you get into those types of issues about the gender, you need to go to the absolute brass tacks of what am I really here for? And if I really am here for my child to produce a God-fearing, you know, what's that word we always use? Someone who contributes to society. May need to move. May need to move, may need to homeschool, 
you know, fill get in the blank. Get them away from bad get, Absolutely. Yeah. Separate, separate them. Yeah, yeah. separate. B- because, and, and you better the other do side's it. trying to separate them from you, from your influence, right. too. That's right. And you better do like it before 17. <laughs> because any law enforcement agent will tell you that after, it used to be 18, but now it's 17. Uh, you don't have any authority, really. Uh, the the people that you know help us with our kids, uh, the agencies that help us with our kids, uh, you know, basically they, they tell you all you are absolutely liable for by law is shelter and food and clothing. And so if you're providing that, the law is not going to mess with you. Well, you and I both know that God expects a whole lot more than that. And, and your child needs and needs deserves a whole lot more than that. that, right? And they need it from you, not. And from I'm not trying to put down those else. agencies. I'm telling you, kind the kind of, if you will, vice that they're in, you know. Um, and so, uh, and I don't I, think that's necessarily a bad thing either, because you don't want some agency breathing over your shoulder telling uh, you how to yeah, raise your kids. I agree. Either. So I just agree. cover the <laughs> cover the basics, right? To where if you're that low, yeah, below even that bar as a parent, then they step in. Definitely. But but. Yes, Gavin, and, and, and I agree. I mean, we, we've got families that th- they're not facing issues where little Billy, you know, yelled at his mom on the way back from school. That, that's that's a tremendous problem to have compared to Billy's trying to be Susie now, yeah. you know, or, or again, fill in the blank. Uh, Billy's bringing drugs home that the teacher supplied, you know. Mm. Billy's being sexually abused by the teacher. I, all of that stuff's on Fox News from last week, yeah. you know. Uh, and, and so... Yeah, we, we, you may need to get to a red state. You may need. You definitely need to get into a conservative church, uh, and and you need to get some professional help. Get maybe. some professional help. Christian help. Amen. Yeah. Uh, focus on the family. I can point, point you in that direction. They're pretty safe. Absolutely. Resource. Absolutely. Right. Very good. We'll have to pick up on the consistency part of it next year. Next Ooh. year. Next year. Look at there. We almost finished the book by this year but we didn't quite make it and i think there's some more chapters later on that's talking about ask dr lehman um so we might be able to get some more examples of how to follow through and use what he's talked about so far and we actually have other books by kevin lehman that we could dive into yeah uh that guy um because i we got to talk about that when i looked a little deeper into that I don't know, because the rest of the book, we got to page 89, the rest of the book is essentially A to Z game plans that really work, and it's just questions and advice from Dr. Lehman. Okay. Well, awesome. Uh, Ryan, do you have something for us? I do. Proverbs 27.2, it says, Let another man praise you, not your own mouth, a stranger, and not your own lips. To him who toots his own horn, to him it shall not be tooted. Sure. Kenneth Brown. To him, did you have Kenneth? No, you. You know, I got that from you. Right. I didn't have Kenneth Brown. But uh, every year, when his new students would come in at CBC, Kenneth Brown would initiate them, and that was one of his main things. To him, that tooteth not his horn; to him, it will not be tooted. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. We will see you guys next year. If you're listening online, see the audience. Excellent Next audience week tonight. For food and fellowship. Thanks for joining us tonight. Invite your friends, neighbors, and relatives and share the word on your socials. Come prepared to share a blessing next week. Good night.